Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you listening? Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus Murray from Black, Married, and Debt Free. And yes, you have heard correctly. Shira Murray and I have decided to step out into the podcast world to share with you some really, really dope content. For those of you who do not follow us on our YouTube channel, shameless plug, Shira and I are a 30-something millennial couple that paid off over $110,000 in debt in 2017. And we are passionate about sharing exactly how we did that with others. In this episode, we'll be addressing the heavily debated topic, is your home an asset or a liability? We also discuss whether it is best to rent your home or to buy your home. This is a fun one. So sit back and enjoy the Black Married and Debt Free Podcast. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Shira. And we are here for another episode of the Black Married and Debt Free Podcast. We'd like to welcome you guys in. Interesting topic uh, that gets a lot of controversy. So, Shire, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to just let you get loose because I, I just feel like you got a lot to say on this. Shire, is your home an asset? Yes or no? Quick. It, de- it depends. So it's complicated. It depends. I'd like to hear you go a little, dig a little deeper on that. What do you, what, what do you mean it depends? So when I say is your home an asset, I'm talking about a home that you purchase as your primary residence. You're going to be living in this home. Many people see it as an asset. Um, I think there may be some definitions there that we need to, we're going to dig into a little bit deeper, but go ahead. What do you, how do you feel? Is your primary residence that you're living in? Is that an asset? Well, before you go there, I mean, you have to go to the, the actual definition of what an asset is. I totally agree. Let's look it up here while we're, here. So an asset is a useful or valuable thing, person or quality. See, now that's the first definition of asset. And I think that's where people like to say their home is an asset because a home is a valuable thing. It's useful. It feels good to have a home, right? It feels great. Yeah. So your average person immediately will say, yes, my home is an asset. But let's look at the second definition of asset, which is the one I want to focus in on. Property owned by a person or company regarded as having value and available to meet debts, commitments, or legacies. So the front end of that says having value. No, actually, the front part is property owned. And you can actually... So you can actually spend a little bit of time on property owned Mm -hmm. because one of the things that I thought was that when we bought our condo and we moved in and even as we were making, even as we were making 
mortgage payments, I considered myself to be a homeowner. Yes. But the truth of the matter is, it wasn't until we completely paid off our condo that we received the deed to the condo. And in fact, though we thought of ourselves as homeowners, yeah. actually this house was owned by the bank. Absolutely. So that could also be yeah. a money myth that the house you live in is something that you actually own. You don't own it until you receive the deed. And that occurs when you actually make your last, make your home last payment. payment. And Shia, if you really remember, once we started making payments and we realized, hey, we don't technically own the home, when someone would ask us, hey, do you, are you guys renting? Are you guys, do you guys own that home? We would say, what would we say? We were like, we're owning it. Or we're, we're we, we would say something different because it's like, no, we technically don't own it. <laughs> We're buying it. That's how we would say right. it. But that is because we took it literal. Yes. And I think that if you are in a home and you can't afford it, mm-hmm. then it can be a great blessing. Right. But what we're talking about is whether or not this house is an asset. And so if it's not an asset, then it would be a liability. So if you're doing your net worth calculation, mm-hmm. what you would do is you would put the value of the home on the asset side, but then on the liability side is the remaining balance for the mortgage. Right. So 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 this is how I like to break it down. So let's say if you have $100,000 in cash in your checking account. That's an asset, right? But you're living in a home where you have a, an existing mortgage of $50,000. So you're going to subtract that 50,000 from that 100,000 you have in cash and that leaves you with your net worth, which is 50,000. Right? So you can't say well, I own this home, I have this home, but you have an existing mortgage, which is going to count against your net worth. And I think that's where a lot of people, there's a lot of emotion that gets into it, Shire. Like, let's go back to that. So you said the word liability. You as a listener, when you heard that word, those of you who are familiar with assets and liabilities, when you hear the word liability, how does it make you feel? Does it make you feel? It feels like a burden. It feels like a negative thing, right? It feels negative. So I think when people want to argue that their home is an asset, their home that they're still paying on, it's because they don't want to associate such a positive thing with a negative word. I think there's some psychology there because we posed this question on our uh, Instagram and we got a lot of pushback. People saying, well, my home is an asset. And yes, by the literal first definition of asset, a useful or valuable thing, personal quality, I get that. Well, clearly, it's on both sides of the equation. If right. you're looking at your net worth, it's going to fall on the asset side, and it will fall on the liability side if you have debt. Okay, but what if you don't have debt? Then it's only on the asset side. Okay, mm-hmm. so they have a point there. And then uh, many people are familiar with the Robert Kiyosaki definition um, of an asset versus a liability, and he simplifies it by saying. An asset is something that pays you, and a liability is something that you actually have to pay for. So if you are in a home and you're responsible for um, repairs or just normal wear and tear that a home experiences, that means it's costing you money. And by his definition, that would make it a liability in comparison to a rental property where someone is paying you each month. You may have some debt on your rental, but if you receive a check, then um, at the end of the day, it's paying you. So we just gave two examples. And in one example, the home was an asset. And then looking at um, 
the popular definition by Robert Kiyosaki, you see that the home is a liability. I think that's great that you break that down. So with Robert Kiyosaki's definition, there really isn't an in-between. It's either something is either an asset or something is a liability. Right. And it comes down to whether or not it's paying you. It comes down to the money. Mm-hmm. What's the money doing? Right. Right. I think that's very interesting. Uh, so, Shire, let me ask you this. If an individual. Let, let's let's go with the Kiyosaki definition. Right. Something that pays you is an asset. Now, if you are owning your home and you, you pay your home off, but you're just living in it. So you're, it's no longer a quote unquote liability because you're not having to pay on it, but it may not be an asset because you're not getting money from it. What 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 would you consider that if you had to put it in one of those classes? Is that now an asset or is it still a liability? It depends. On I guess you could still say it's a liability because you're paying taxes, you're paying upkeep, well, little things like that. This is the thing. It depends on how you want to look at it. Okay. So I don't think we're going to come to a definitive answer. Like right now, because it depends on how you look at it. If you own your own home, that's the greatest blessing because who wants to pay rent? And rent is really expensive, especially depending on which part of the country that you live in. You know, we live in California. The rents here have dramatically increased. There's limited availability of housing options for families. Um, Many people are, are struggling. Um, but when it comes down to owning your own home, um, flat out, that that's a, that's such a great blessing that I can see why people don't feel comfortable putting that as a liability. Right. Because if you consider the alternative, right, then you can see that there's great value in owning your own home. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so I want to kind of take a bit of a, a bit of a left turn. Uh, so, in your opinion, we, there's also a lot of controversy on renting as opposed to buying a home. Now, Shire, you have worked in the uh, public sector. Uh, what, 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 I'm sorry, what's the it's word? Nonprofit. Yeah, you've worked in the nonprofit sector where you helped a lot of individuals uh, with government assistance in the past, and. You made mention of how many people you see that haven't locked in that, you know, uh, housing situation. You know, they're still still paying on the house or they're out there renting. Can you speak to that and kind of tell us what you've experienced and what you think is best? Should a person rent into, you know, for the rest of their life or should a person eventually buy a home? What, what, What are your thoughts on that? Well, my first thoughts on what people do is people do... Not everybody, but most people do the best that they know how, you know. Um, Yes, I worked in nonprofit for many, many years. And um, I used to help families enroll in the food assistance program. So that's SNAP or CalFresh. 
and also health insurance. And so when you work in that field, you hear a lot of stories and you learn a lot of lessons. Mm. And so one of the things that I noticed is that some of the older people that would come, so some of the seniors or, you know, 50s, 60s, and when you're applying for government assistance, they want to know where you stay. They want they want to know so much about you. Right. They leave no st- stone unturned. And people would share this information with me as I was helping them through the process. But Pretty much you're trying to qualify them. I, I didn't qualify them just because that was not the, the nature of the position. But I worked closely with a lot of families and a lot of families that were in crisis. Mm. And so one of the things that I noticed is that with seniors, the the defining thing with almost every single case is that when they were coming for assistance, their biggest expense was their rent or mortgage. Mm. And so they were still having to pay rent and still having to pay mortgage. And so the thing is, is that if they didn't have that expense, they would probably not have even had a need to walk through our doors. Wow. So if you have an opportunity to knock out your mortgage while you're young, Mm -hmm. then you should definitely do that. Now, do some folks rent in retirement? Yes. But the thing that you have to account for if you decide not to purchase a home is you need to do your best to account for inflation. Mm. And even if you have a mortgage into your retirement, the thing about a mortgage is that it's fixed. Right. You know, it, your payment's not going to go up. So if you're going to be retiring with a mortgage, at least you don't have to worry about rising costs mm. um, like you would if you were renting. So as a younger person, I certainly recommend thinking about home ownership, you know, saving a down payment. If you're not in a home, just have some type of fund that you contribute to, because when it's time to retire, if you can avoid having a mortgage, then you would want to do that because chances are your income in retirement is going to be a lot less or somewhat less than what it is now. Yeah. I think that's a good point, Shire, when you speak of inflation. We're seeing here in California, you know, the rent increasing dramatically, has increased dramatically over the past couple of years and is expected to go even higher. So, you know, we're at a situation where we're kind of brainstorming some ideas on, you know, what we would like to do in the future as far as, uh, uh, you know, we want to sell our home and, and maybe do some other things, but we're having to take into account the fact that rent may increase. So that is something to always keep in the back of your mind. These individuals were retired and receiving social security. Like other, otherwise they would be living pretty good. Right. Right. That's, that's kind of crazy to think about, man. Right. I think that kind of ties in to what we're talking about here is your home. You want to get to the point where your home is no longer a liability because like Shire said, if you can do that when you're young, then you can retire and that's one less thing you have to really worry about. Right. And another thing that I noticed was that I work with people that had good jobs, people that worked at the hospital, people who worked at universities and here they are, they're retired and they don't have enough money to make ends meet. And I think that's a big and huge misconception in our community is that if I have a good job or if I have a good income, that somehow this income is going to always be there right. and I'm going to always be able to work to get this income. 
but you have to save. You have to be, um, but you have to save and you have to invest because just because you have a good job today doesn't mean you're going to have a good income in retirement if you don't take the necessary steps to ensure that you will. Absolutely. And so that's another thing that I've noticed as well. And even on my job, you know, we have people in different phases of their career. Some of some folks are just getting started. Some folks are in the middle of their career progression. Some folks are nearing the end. And I cannot tell you how many times I've heard folks say, I wish I would have saved a little bit more because I would be better off. I might even be able to retire sooner. So even if it's a small amount that you're increasing each year, even if you increase your contribution 1% each year, maybe you're not saving or for retirement now. But I really want I really want you to think about it because a lot of times we are just going through life day to day. Absolutely. And we're not thinking about our needs, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now. And sometimes that's hard for us to look that far into the future. But it's so important that we do. Absolutely, Sharon. I think going back to the genesis of this conversation, you want to get to the point where your home is in that asset column because it's only going to help when you're retiring, just like how you said. It's one part saving for retirement and one part making sure your living situation has been handled. So we want to encourage you guys to do a few things. Like Shira said, be shifting your mind towards home ownership if you're not already owning your home. And if you're in the process of owning your home, if you can pay more, if you can pay it off faster, do that. If you can add a little bit more towards a principal, I, I say do that. Shira, uh, in our, one of our YouTube videos, outlines uh, a rule that's... Uh, the, we call the one twelfth rule where Shire, can you break that down? It's it's a simple way to take years off of your mortgage. Well, we actually have a video that talks about five ways to shave years off your mortgage, but the one twelfth rule we learned from Marcus uncle. I'm not sure if he made it up or not, but basically you take your mortgage amount and you divide that by 12 and then you take that number and you apply that amount to your principal each month. So if your mortgage is $1,200, and if your mortgage is $1,200, you got a pretty good you deal. Pretty good. <laughs> but if your mortgage is $1,200 and you divide that by 12, that's $100. So each month you would apply an extra $100 to the principal. And so that means that by the end of the year, you would have made one extra payment and that will shave several years off of your mortgage. Absolutely, guys. So we just want to you know, encourage you guys to uh, attack those mortgages if you can. And if you haven't uh, thought about home ownership, to seriously consider it while you're young, able, and healthy. All right. And Shire. I have something else. Come to on, Shar, tell us something. I'm sorry, Marcus. It sounded like you were going to. I was going to close it, but I like it when you come on. And so, one thing that we're noticing is that the block is hot. Okay. The block is hot. You know, housing prices are so expensive. Yes. So even if you are not in a position to buy a house now, you should do your best to still save right. because you never know what Uh-oh. the housing market is going to be a year from now, yes. two years from now, three years from now. You know, unfortunately, we're not able to predict what this market will do. But I know there is a point in time where Marcus and I 
thought we would never get a home because the prices were so astronomically high, not knowing that there would be, you know, this a housing crisis. And a, a lot of people um, lost their homes and it was a really terrible time for many families. But then there were some folks that were able to get a house at a really good price, um, folks who thought that they never would. Right. So my thing is, don't think that it's such a big purchase that you'll never be able to to get into a home. Because you don't right. know that. We don't know what this market is going to do. Right, so right. you just want to position yourself so that if an opportunity arises, you, you know, in. you can jump in. Yeah, I mean, some experts, a lot of financial experts say that we are past due for some type of cataclysmic uh, uh, you know downshift in the in the economy so that would definitely affect potentially affect the, the, the price of real estate so you want to be ready and you want to uh, be have some cash on hand to ju- dump, jump in there if possible like how me and Shire were able to do 10 years ago and it's just literally has changed our lives and we have been able to catapult our lives from that purchase you know a lot right. of things have changed for us so right and so we, we don't know. They say that the housing market is cyclical. So it's just, but but even though it is cyclical, we're not able to say, well, this is, you can't yeah. really pinpoint. You can't pinpoint the time. I, right. But I think there's symptoms, you know, but not saying that you should wait, you know, we're not, we're actually not advising anything. Right. But we're just, but we're just saying, you know, just, just stack your coins, you yeah. know, to the extent that you can. And, um... Be ready. Yep. Be ready, guys. So we thank you guys for checking out this podcast. Um, I have something else to share. Okay. I was trying to close again, but Shire has something. I love this. Go ahead, Shire. Yeah. So you, you want to make sure that you're ready. Mm-hmm. And that goes for your home purchase. Mm-hmm. And that just goes for life in general. Right. You know, to be ready for that opportunity, make sure that you're preparing yourself for whatever that next step is for you. Right. And one thing that I have been thinking about is knowing what season that you're in. So we talked about how the market is cyclical. Yes. But also thinking about your life and what season that you're in and thinking of ways to use wisdom to capitalize on opportunities that may be before you that you wouldn't otherwise see. You know, while, while, while you're there, Shire, I think I kind of want to go talk about Sometimes it's a fear thing. I don't want to get a house. See, sometimes people use the excuse of I'd rather rent because the idea of owning a home is almost scary. You know, it's almost like I don't, you know, uh, but we own three or we we own. Look at we've you. Purchased, let, let, let me get it right. We've purchased three homes and we're in the process of, of paying off two rent, two of our rentals. So. We've gone through the process of the home buying process three times is what I'm saying. And, you know, you just got to do it, man. You just got to jump out there if you can, if the numbers make sense and you're able to do it. Don't be scared. Don't be scared because it's only going to help you when you get ready to retire to have, like we said, to have that part of your life solidified. So we encourage you guys make those homes assets and take those homes out of the liability column by paying off your mortgages as fast as you can. All right. Appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good one. This is Marcus, and I'm here with my radiant wife. Shira. (laughs) And thank you so much for listening today. Peace.
Yo, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. We hope that we said something that you can take away and apply. We are here to inform and to inspire. So do us a huge favor and rate this particular podcast on whatever platform you're streaming this. Rate this five stars. Write great reviews. Anything that you can do to help us, we really, truly appreciate it. All right? So for Black, Married, and Debt Free, this is Marcus Murray signing off. Until next time. All right? I'll let you guys later. Peace.